With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. De Bruyne, ah, oh, 1-0 City! For Nels! And Pogba leaves for McTominay! For Kane! Oh, what a finish! And Chibu Salah to settle it! And Ruben Neves! William for Chelsea! And that could be the goal that seals the title for Liverpool at long last! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, EPL Index proudly brings to you the best prediction podcast in the world, a tad predictable, with your host, Tariwa Chanakira, and his guest, it's Guy Drinkle. Happy, happy, happy holidays to all you lovely listeners, and welcome to episode 15 of A Tad Predictable. We've got an awesome guest today, as you've heard from the intros. Thank you, Jody at Spursy141 for the intros, lovely intros. We're going to continue the rivalry. The rivalry continues. We've brought Guy Drinkle onto the show. We had Dave Hendrick last week, and we know these two have a little bit of a rivalry when it comes to Bank It or Burn It. Guy, welcome to the show, and how do you feel about this rivalry heading into what would be effectively season two? Is it a is it a rivalry? Is it <laughs> is it not like Liverpool and Everton at this stage? Oh wow, shots fired! <laughs> well, I'll, I'll I'll give you Dave's score, or I'll, I'll tease it. I'll, I'll wait until we get to that segment, and I'll reveal what Dave's score was for last week, and we'll see how Guy reacts to that, and and whether he feels confident heading into this week. But Guy. Apart from the rivalry of Banker or Burnett, there's a lot of games that are coming up in the Premier League this weekend. Obviously, Christmas weekend. Do you partake in the watching all the games on Boxing Day, or do you is is that you know something in the background? How do you take in the Premier League during the festive season? Depends on the game, really. Um... For example, the first game, Leicester Man United. I'll, I'll I'll probably watch that on TV full focus until Man United win, then turn it off like a, a spoiled brat, <laughs> um, <laughs> as most Liverpool fans probably do. But um, yeah, I tend I tend to watch most games. Maybe summer in the background. Maybe I'm like watching telly, playing Xbox or whatever. Um, but I'll have them on my laptop, and if not, if they're on the te- uh, on the telly, but um, with all the games being on TV, I think this is the only time there's a bit of crossover, so I might not be able to watch them all. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll I'll full focus the good games on paper, and then let's find a bad example. Come on. Sheffield United Everton, that'll be boring. That'll be a background one, I reckon. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's, it's obviously... Um, it, I think this is the time when the Premier League really looks to capitalise because most of the other leagues would be on holiday, uh, you know, that winter break and, and 
the Premier League is really the only football that's on from a you know soccer slash football standpoint. There's obviously other football that's on in America and so forth. And I'm I'm pretty sour about that because I lost in the semifinals of my NFL fantasy Premier League. Um, yeah, that that's that oh, wasn't dear. a good time. But uh, yeah, it, I was I was very upset about that. But we'll focus on the Premier League and and hopefully teams this weekend would have a lot more luck than I had this past weekend when it came to American football. We will start with the fixture that you mentioned. It's Leicester City versus Man United. And before I let you speak, I'm just going to say I'm looking at this Man United side and if they continue this form, it's going to be quite interesting when it comes to me doing my power rankings soon. Uh, how are you finding Man United's form so far? How are you finding Leicester City, who have been shaky, end up getting a win against um, a very tough opponent in their last game, but now come to entertain a Man United side that seems to be gathering a lot of momentum? Yeah, I think it's quite an important game for, for Leicester, really. Um, as you say, they've been a bit up and down. I've, I've got the form table in front of me, and this is from the last six games and the ninth in the form table, which it, it's probably not good enough when Leicester City should and could get in the top four this year. I mean, they should have got in the top four last year, but it looks like the um, the lead, the top four race is even more open this year. So for them to have this lull in form, it, it's not good. And the teams they've lost to, I mean, Fulham, no. I know they've had a good couple of results recently. Hey, 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 hey. As a Liverpool fan, you shouldn't be chirping anything about Fulham. You're a Liverpool fan too, should I? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm playing. I'm, I'm just being honest here. No. They, they got a, dr- a, a point dr- against us. That's the difference. That's the difference. We drew. <laughs> We're better than Leicester, confirmed. Um, <laughs> but then losing to Everton is a game which could potentially be the difference between top four in Europa League and maybe even outside the outside the Europa League. Not a six-pointer quite yet, but it's an important game against Everton. But I suppose they recovered really well with, uh, I wouldn't say an unexpected win against Tottenham, but a big win against Tottenham. So I think this could be one where they put a marker down. But yeah, it, it should be a good game. Um, but on Man United, they've been annoying. <laughs> <laughs> From a Liverpool fan's perspective, it's it's been annoying because uh, they're top of the form table. They've crept up to second now, or the th- the third, aren't they? Um, so they're up to third, and I think they have been improving performance-wise, but at the start of the season, they were just getting so spotty with every result. Like I think Brighton's probably the best example, which might have been the first or second game of the uh, season for United, and... Brighton should have won that game comfortably, and I think they obviously got um, they got the win with a goal after after the final whistle and so on. And I think the the first half of this period of the season that was kind of their story. They were getting undeserved wins, and 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 now some of the performances have have improved. Um, Rashford's got better. Bruno's kind of been just ever present, really. Um, Martial played. Okay, last week if I remember correctly, he's been one of the more poor performers. So I think the attacks, the attack looks like it's working all right. It's just the defense, and 
maybe the midfield balance is still working out the kinks because McTominay obviously played really well against Leeds. They seem to have found Fred um, to be a more important player and then Matic is 200 years old so you can't really play him every game. You've got the Pogba dilemma so I think they've got the attacking part sorted. It's just the defence and the midfield and De Gea seems to be doing a bit better than his, his, his couple Baron years. So Lindelof and Maguire, is that is that good enough for a title challenge? I don't think so. Um, the fullbacks seem to be settling in somewhat. Um, actually, no, that's a lie. Wamba Saka's been poor every time I've seen him. But mm-hmm. uh, Tellers looks like a decent player, and Luke Shaw seems to be improving. So I think if there's not the right back and, and the centre backs out, um, which might be a job in January, but I've, they've been linked with like Jack Grealish. I, I don't see where that helps them, <laughs> but uh, that's for another podcast. Um, but yeah, they've been annoying, but I don't, at this stage, as, as a confident Liverpool fan, I don't think they're title challengers just yet, because just what, if you just watch them, I think them being third speaks more about the rest of the league than United themselves, if that makes sense. Yeah, and, and in terms of how this game is going to go, is obviously... Uh, both teams like to play on the counter-attack, but is the fact that Leicester are the home team going to sway which team is going to be more on the counter-attack? Um, it depends, really, because obviously Vardy is slightly doubtful for this game, and that is a huge, huge thing in any game for for Leicester. Never mind, it's like, whenever I've watched him, this season, he's never had like the best game. But he'll end up with a goal, or he's scored a penalty, or whatever. Like last week against Tottenham, I can't remember him touching the ball, but he, he scored a penalty. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think Vardy, a lot of the game rests on Vardy. But as you say, the the both counter attacking teams. But Leicester at home, does it that make that much of a difference? There's no fans; they can't hear the fake crowd noise. Um, I just if I was Brendan, I'd just try and play your game, like. Leicester are probably the better team on paper, in my opinion. I think Bruno's probably the biggest difference in the teams. Um, but in the rest of the team, I'd say Leicester, probably position by position, have probably got better players. Um, obviously, that would be what I'm not going to do on the pod, but overall, I think Leicester would have a better team. So, uh, if I was Leicester, I'd try and sit back more. Because we've seen in games where United are kind of forced to push up, like the Leipzig game where they got torn torn apart. Um, PSG, I'm not Leicester aren't as good as these teams. I don't think maybe you good at Leipzig. Who knows? But PSG's a bad example because they have Neymar and Mbappe. But we've seen in games where you get pretty much if you get Maguire and Lindelof on the halfway line, it is like kamikaze football. They're just slow. They can't they can't run. So if Leicester be patient and try and frustrate Man United. Make them get more of the ball. Make the make the centre backs come up. I I think it's their game to win. Like, <clears throat> so yeah, it's a tough one to predict because as you, because they want to both do the same thing. So maybe a draw is the perfect result to predict. I'll go two all to do. Wow! Straight, so straight lots on that of goals. Fence. Straight on straight the straight on that fence. Very comfy on that fence. Not moving. Look from. From a Man United's perspective, I would say you can't 
win the league at the beginning of the season, but you can certainly lose it at the beginning of the season. And what I mean in that is, yes, they were playing poor. I thought they were playing really poor, but they were getting the results. And now that they're kind of playing their well into, you know, they're playing themselves into form, at least they're in with a chance. Do you get what I mean? I'd rather be in their yeah. position where we've gotten the points on the board when we weren't playing well. And now that we've gotten in a groove and we're looking to put in performances like we did against Leeds on a regular basis, at least we've got a p- platform to build on. So uh, I would be very happy and excited as a Man U fan. For me, I I, I think Oli deserves a five-year contract. Yeah, I <laughs> um, agree. That, 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 that's just my opinion. But in terms of this specific game, I think it, it pretty much rests heavily on whether Vardy's fit or not. As, as you've alluded to, how key he is to this Leicester team and his goal-scoring record against the big, the traditionally big six teams is ridiculous. So I'm assuming he's going to play, and I still don't think that's going to be enough. I think Man United are carrying this momentum through this game. I'm going to go for a 2-1 Man United win. I, I just think that, that they're going to keep the good times rolling. Obviously, their fans would have had a lovely Christmas and hoping for a late present from them. And I, I think they're going to give it to them in this game. Uh, the game that follows this one, it's Aston Villa versus Crystal Palace. And, you know, Aston Villa, obviously, we, we spoke about. They, they probably had the opposite start to Man United in terms of what was, you know, playing style. And they were getting the results as well. But it, it's kind of slowed down recently. They, they got a win last week, but... They come up against the Crystal Palace side. Surely Villa will be fancying their chances here. And then equally, Palace will be looking to correct some of the wrongs from last week. I mean, they can't get much worse for Palace. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's um, it's a good... I think this will be a good game, actually. I mean, Villa, bit of a mixed bag of form. Uh, beat a poor West Brom team. No, don't say that. You'll jinx yourself when it comes to Liverpool again. Um, <laughs> a under construction West Brom team from Big Big Sam Construction Industries. Um, but Villa, the, they've kind of... I think they're kind of where you expect them to be, really. As you said, they started the season so well. Then it's been a bit up and down. I think they've had they've been struggling at home, haven't they? Um couple disappointing losses a few games ago against Brighton and uh, West Ham. Draw against Burnley. It was, it was all right for a nil-nil. But I think they're exactly where they need to be, really. I mean, ninth in the table, considering the mad season Villa had last year. And screw it. Let's be honest. They kept up because the goal line tech screwed up. So they've kind of built on that fortune and they've built really well. And... If you offered them nine for the start of the season, I think they'd take it happily. I think they still would now. I mean, that's pretty much the best of the rest, if you don't count Southampton. Um, and that, that's above Arsenal, obviously, but we'll, we'll come to them. Um, so, yeah, that, it's a, it's a, I think this will be a good game. And obviously, Crystal Palace, they were okay first half against Liverpool. <laughs> it was 3-0 at half-time, but the performance wasn't 3-0. And then the second half happened, and oh dear, um, I don't know. They just seem to—I don't want to say give up because that, but 
every, everyone who's played football, whether it's five aside at the park, if you're playing badly and the other people's better than you, your head does drop. <laughs> it just does drop. And I think that's kind of what happened. And, and Liverpool were just so, so lethal in front of goal that day. But Palace, we, we know Roy Hodgson. He'll lose one. He'll win one. He'll draw one. He's lost his one. It was a big one. But he lost it. So he's due a draw or a win. So I, I think this will be a draw. Like I, I told you. Don't you dare sit on that fence I'm again. I'm on the fence Don't, don't you dare sit on that fence I'm again. I'm straight on it, my man. I'm going to go one all. Oh my goodness me. This is ridiculous. Yes, we're not, okay. topping, we're not topping that Boxing Day from 1912 or whatever it was. Where there was 700 what goals. That was. Uh, Guys clearly voting against that. This Boxing Day. Well, for me in this game, um, whether or not Palace are due uh, a, a good result, obviously their fans would be hoping for one. I think Villa have sort of corrected what's been a bit of a lull of late. You know, uh, two wins and a draw in their last three games. I, I think they're heading back in the right direction. We mentioned the importance of Grealish. Um, and obviously... I'm still looking at that Ross Barkley hamstring injury. Can he get back in time? It's it's still a bit of a doubt. If he can come back, man, they they could really get going again. But I think they're going to have enough for this Palace side. And I worry for Palace in the sense of just the mental effect that that Liverpool game is going to have. The only benefit, I think, is the fact that they've had seven days to get over it. And, and refocus and, and get back to work. But I still think it's going to be a bit of a hangover. And I'm going to go for a 1-0 Aston Villa win. I think they're going to keep it nice and tidy at the back, get that clean sheet. And I wouldn't be surprised if Grealish is involved with the goals. But speaking of goals, one person that has definitely been in and amongst the goals this season and is a dart for this guy. I don't even think he's even a, uh, a potential for this game. Danny Ings, uh, his Southampton side travel down to London to play Fulham. And and Danny Ings, I, I suppose you as a Liverpool fan know this more so than most. Just when he starts getting into form, he gets another injury. Is this a concern for Southampton in this game against Fulham? Or do, do you think they have enough firepower? This is a Fulham side that... I've gotten some decent draws recently. We we mentioned the Liverpool draw earlier in the podcast. How do you think they handle this? I'm assuming Danny Ings-less Southampton side. Um, I think there's I think there's a couple of big factors in here. I mean, the the Ings one's obvious, but Anderson being out for Fulham. Actually, no, I got I think he got rescinded actually, so he might be back. Pretty sure I saw that on Sky Sports News that he might he might have got it rescinded. So, depending on what the Anderson situation is, if Anderson plays, I can think of, I might just sit on this fence again today. Uh, um, guy, I un- swear un- I'm going to kick you off this podcast right unprecedented now. Unprecedented fence Don't you dare. Unprecedented. I won't. I won't. Just to, just to be nice to you today, well, I won't. But it really will be. It will be a draw. Okay. I can taste Does it. the fact that Anderson's card got rescinded... Uh, me confirming it, does that change your prediction? Uh, a bit <laughs> edges it closest to the draw, if anything. For, for, forget, forget <laughs> the rivalry between you and Dave. We're going to start a rivalry on this podcast. You, you love it today. Sitting on the spits. <laughs> you love it. No, I think I think we saw it when Ings was out in the... 
I can't remember how many games it was, but he's obviously been out a period this year. We saw Che Adams improve. Walcott played up front with him, and it seemed to to suit him more than playing on the wing, which I think it's probably been Walcott's best position his whole career, as being the second striker or playing in a two. But he was at Arsenal; they never played a two. Everton never played a two, so he's never really had this. So I think Che Adams and Walcott playing up front, it, I, I think that's a good strike force. We've seen Che Adams improve. Um, since football restarted last season, he's he's kind of come to life a bit more. Um, so I think Southampton will be okay. Obviously, he's their best striker, rightfully so. Um, but I think they've now it's now not as big an issue um, with Che Adams stepping up and Walcott looks the best he's looked in a god long time. Um, but Fulham, Fulham have improved. I mean, what is it? Three three draws on the bounce. Come on, Teddy. It's in. It's in the stars. <laughs> Full of love, a draw. Um, but they have improved. Um, they seem to be settling down defensively. The main question mark now is because I quite like the midfield. Um, it is up front because Mitrovic. You'd probably think would have been probably their most important player, but he's barely started, and when he has, he's. I don't know, he just doesn't really make the impact. And when he does, I think he gave away a penalty one, one of the times he played. Um, yeah. So I think it might, it, it might depend if um, Cavaliero plays for them. He, he's not going to be as big a goal for it as, as uh, Mitrovic, but he seems to knit it together a lot more with the attacking players such as um, Luckman, Loftus-Cheek, Kearney. Uh, who else plays for them? I do not know the phone to. <laughs> um <laughs> Luckman seems to be the main threat, though, doesn't he? He seems to be... Yeah. Whether who, Whoever plays up front, I think he is the danger man. They want him on the ball. They want him to isolate players, use his pace. And I think Cavaliero works better with him. So if Cavaliero's fit, I could follow maybe sneak it a win, but Southampton, they, they seem to have just improved as a team. So just to not annoy you today, I'll say Southampton win 2-1. A 2-1 Southampton win. Um, look, I, I 100% was not going to endorse your draw, you know, encouraging that Fulham go on this drawing. You're predicting a draw, aren't you? No, I'm not predicting you a draw. Are. I told you, I'm, I'm not I'm not endorsing this, this gimmick that you're playing at for this podcast. But I'll tell you something that I do endorse. It's Liberty Shield. Oh, beautiful. And, if you want to link up with our sponsors for this podcast, Liberty Shield, um, they're obviously presenting sponsors of this podcast is EPL Index in association with Liberty Shield. And Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. You can check out all of their services at libertyshield.com. Really awesome product. And as I said, obviously these games, guys mentioned, there are a lot of games, whether or not they're on TV or not on TV, um, you know, you kind of have to check which subscription you have to log on to and all of that crazy stuff just to know how you're going to be watching these games. On Saturday alone, Boxing Day alone, there's BT Sport, there's BBC Sport, there's Sky Sports. This past week, there was Amazon that was showing the games. I mean, it's it's just a nightmare and, and ridiculously expensive. You can cut all those costs, just cut out that ridiculous time-wasting stuff. Link up with Liberty Shield. They'll hook you up the way they hooked me up. Great service. Awesome people that are running things there. And I've, I've 
been enjoying the product so far that I've had it. And as I've said, I'll never endorse something on this podcast that I haven't tried myself and I don't recommend and, and see is really good value for money and really cool product. You can watch all movies on there. You can watch American TV, which I've been doing quite a bit, obviously, as I mentioned with my um, NFL fantasy team, get to watch the football on that. It's just a really, really awesome product. But yeah, so I highly recommend you go and link up with them. Don't link up with Guy's drawing gimmick that he's playing on this game. I'm going to back your 2-1 Southampton win in this game just to give you a little bit more encouragement to to go for the wins, Guy. I think Southampton, with or without Danny Ings, I think they're going to be a little bit too much for Fulham. I think Southampton, I think the way that Fulham play is going to suit Southampton more than some of the other teams that they've played recently. Um, I can see Fulham entertaining the end-to-end style of play and they're going to be able, even if Fulham do sit back and counter-attack, I think if they if they don't score, Southampton are just going to come straight back at them. And, and obviously, I look at the attacking threat from a set-piece especially corners of those Southampton defenders. I think Vestergaard's got a goal in this game. He owes us one after last week where he should have gotten a couple. So I'm I'm going to bank a Vestergaard goal in this game. And the game that follows this one, Guy, it's a pretty tasty one. It's Arsenal versus Chelsea. It's probably the game of the weekend. Maybe some people would say Leicester versus Man United could be game of the weekend especially with the position that the two teams are but Arsenal need a win Arsenal are as it stands in a relegation battle whether they want to admit it or not guy can Arteta get his first win in what eight nine games this season you can get a draw (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no he can't I don't think he can Uh, not even I I don't think I could argue that like they obviously possibly could they could possibly win it but That'd just be that'd just be stupid belief. <laughs> I just as a, as a as a neutral, I I just don't see how Arsenal win this game. Like Chelsea, I think Chelsea have are improving as the season's going on, and if Thiago Silva plays, which I have no doubt to think why he wouldn't, I th- I think. I think they'll just win it because Arsenal have nothing in attack. Like, Aubameyang's been dreadful this season. They've got no creativity. Um, Thomas Party is seemingly out going off your notes to do. Um, so there's nothing. Oh, yeah, just just bury me. Watch, yeah. watch Partey start and Guy bury me. I said well, late December, to be fair. Well, the my... last time he was rushed back, he cost them. Well, it didn't cost them a goal. He got criticised for costing them a goal when he couldn't do anything <laughs> about it because he was injured. So, regardless of if you're back, you probably won't be fit. Um, so yeah, I, I just don't, I just, I just don't see it with Arsenal. Like, I didn't watch the League Cup game because it's the League Cup, and why would I care? But it's just, I just don't see anything or anyone in Arsenal that's impressive. Like, I'd love like Saka at Liverpool, but he can't, he can't carry a team like Arsenal. He can be a bright spark at a team like Arsenal, but he can't be the key man. They've got horrendous players like Williams just been terrible. Pepe for 72 mil, terrible. Like, I'd say Pepe's 
down to bad management more than anything because he's clearly a talent. He was linked with Liverpool, our club at the time. He would be so much better if he was at Liverpool if he if he ended up at us over Arsenal back a couple of years ago. So I think there is young talent in there, but Arteta seems to he seems to flip flop between picking young talent and then picking the the lads that have been there for years who've been terrible for years like. Jack is only not playing because he's an idiot and got himself sent off. Bellerin's not very good. The centre-backs, good God! Rob Holding was captain last week. Rob Holding wouldn't get in the Brighton team. That's where that's where Arsenal are at. And Arsenal, whether Chelsea are bigger than them now, historically they were the third biggest team in the country. And they're in a relegation fight. God! It's not all down to Arteta, but it's not. This is not a job for a um for a first person's gig as a manager. It just isn't. Emery is an experienced manager. He was struggling. Wenger was struggling towards the end. That's Arsene Wenger. That's one of the best managers in Premier League history, if not the second greatest manager in Premier League history. It's it's crazy to think like Liverpool under Hodgson were not this bad. <laughs> it, it was painful for us, but we got rid of it quick enough. So, I don't think it's all Arteta's fault, but I think they just need some more experience. And we even saw it under Arteta. You get like a little boost out of these terrible players, but I, I was having this conversation in my WhatsApp group, and I'll ask you this as well today. How many Arsenal players get in Liverpool's squad? Not first team, squad. Yeah, it, it's it's a difficult one. I would have to run down that list. Maybe I'd I'd be looking at Gabriel, Saliba, Saka, as you've mentioned. Aubameyang, I thought they should have sold him. This, yeah. I I don't think they should have. But I suppose me being a Liverpool fan, that's how we we do business. So maybe I'm indoctrinated in that way to but sell they, the player whilst should, he's they should still do business in like us. Yeah, Salem was he's still in his peak, but about to fall off. We've we've done it with Coutinho, we've done it um, with with other players, but we've done it. Players Arsenal before. held. We've done it the, before the fall off the peak as well. Coutinho yeah. played his best football in his career for Klopp. We sold him and bought two and a half players. If we count Fabinho, I don't I don't think the maths add up. But we got <laughs> we got Van Dijk, we got Allison for that money, and think we got Fabinho. Similar crack. Look what you can do with money. Like, if they sold, I don't know who's Christ. Who's actually worth money for Arsenal? The problem is who's going to want to buy them now. Look, yeah. for me, there's only one solution for Arsenal. I've I've heard their fans, especially um, AFTV, has been always talking about get Allegri, and they've always been wanting Allegri. I don't think there's they have a chance of getting Allegri. Allegri, like Ancelotti, when they had troubles trying to get Ancelotti in, is going to come with a list of players that he wants, and they're going to be big name players. And Arsenal aren't—they—they've shown, you know, that they're not going to go and get those type of players. They're just not. So Allegri is out of the question for me. If he goes to Arsenal, you know, you can come back and tune me about this podcast. But I—I I just think that's a pipe dream. That's not going to happen. I, I think the best you, go, you can get to Rafa. I was going to say, you yeah. go and get Rafa Benitez. The fact that they haven't done it already baffles me. You go and get Rafa Benitez. 
he sorts this out. You say, Rafa, can you give us two years, maybe three years? Let Rafa sort this team out. Let him be the one to get rid of all the dross because he's going to come in, command respect, sort out the dross, and in the meantime, start to look at who then, then you can bring in an Arteta. They've done it the wrong way around. You don't bring in Arteta and hang him out to dry with this mess that's happening because look what happened with Chelsea when they ran Mourinho out of Chelsea. Who were the players that were there? The likes of William were there when Mourinho was being run out. Now you've brought those guys, you know, the, the Williams, the Louises, you've brought them to Arsenal. They're just going to do the same thing. And mm. are you telling me Arteta stands a chance? Like this was Mourinho they ran out of the club. What's Arteta in yeah. terms of managerial stature? So they, they've, they've really got issues there. But in any way... Looking at this game, clearly you're going for an Arsenal like 5 0 win. Well, quite clearly. <laughs> um, oh Christ, do I just do I just flip that round? Um, do I be nice and give Arsenal a goal? No, I don't. 4 0. Wow. I just don't. Chelsea batter low. They just. Their attack. Like, Timo Werner's not playing well. But the others are. Like Yeah. That Giroud or Tammy's playing well. And if Werner clicks, Werner's gonna be up against Bellerin. Or holding on if they depend on what formation to play. That should be fodder for someone like Timo Werner. And Giroud is if if Louise is playing if they play a back for the centre centre back, Giroud like he should just outsmart him. He just should. It, and whoever's playing right wing, whether it's um, Pulisic, I think ZX injured, isn't he? Um, they just should. I, I think the only doubt for Chelsea is that their their wing backs are, or full backs, I should say, are, are injured. So I don't know. Is Emerson going to play? Is Aspilqueta going to play? I think Aspilqueta will be fine, but the left backs obviously been a problem position for years since they got Chilwell. So I mean, Emerson and Aspilqueta. They're probably getting Arsenal's team. <laughs> it's it's Italy's number one left back, and Aspilqueta has been the best full back in the league for the last ten odd years. So it's not exactly horrendous backup. I know Emerson's not been too good at Chelsea, but I think they've still got enough. I'll change it to three 0 because I didn't realize the injuries, but I I can't see anything other than a Chelsea win. Like they only got the first win against the, the top half team the other day against West Ham. So all season they've been beating teams slightly better than Arsenal, and Arsenal, Sheffield United side, probably the worst team in the league right now. That's probably yeah, a fact. certainly on form. Yeah, certainly on form. It's actually um, the they are the nineteenth in the league in the form table. <laughs> wow, I'm I'm going to go for a three-one Chelsea win. I I do think Arsenal still get a goal. Uh, I think Lacazette got a goal midweek. I know you mentioned you're not really keen on the Carabao Cup stuff, but he got a goal. I, I assume that he starts him this week. I can't see him starting Ketia again after after what happened last weekend. And I think they get a goal, but there's deeper issues at Arsenal at the moment. So we'll move swiftly along to Man City versus Newcastle. Newcastle side that they've got a lot of players unavailable for this game um, running down their sheet. And and on the opposite side, Man City 
have gotten a lot of players back now. They they seem maybe to now be really starting their title push. How do you see Man City going up against this Newcastle side? Right. Man City should win this game. But last time I said that, they drew with West Brom. <laughs> <laughs> you just wanted to bring a draw back into conversations and I'm you've not, been giving away too no, many wins. No, 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 no. I'm not predicting it because that would be mental. <laughs> but it's affected my confidence because I'm used to Man City battering the bad teams in the Premier League. But drawing with West Brom, man, come on. West Brom have lost to everyone apart from them. It's just not good. It's I don't know, Man City. They're just bringing, they're just keep improving falsely. Like, oh, I don't know, they beat Burnley and Fulham again, two of the worst teams in the league. Who did they draw nil nil with? Come on, before. come on, United. That was it. Oh God, there's a yeah, there's a reason that why game. that game. There's a reason that game that wasn't game. in my head. Jesus. <laughs> so the the drew with United and and West Brom. Good win over Southampton, but Southampton's defense is nothing to write home about. No need to score one. And I know Southampton are a good team, but a couple of year ago, Vestergaard would be Man City fodder. It, he just would be. Like he just he just would be, and now they score one goal against Southampton, and South I know Southampton are a good team, but this is what City used to do. Teams who get a bit ahead of themselves try and attack the big teams. They'll just bully them. But the only thing they didn't do was Liverpool. Apart from the time they had ten men, it it, it it's just the way it is. And now, I don't know. Maybe it's because Aguero has not been playing and Gabi Jesus has been terrible. But it just doesn't seem to be. The big goals in there, apart from against Burnley, because of course the win five 0 against Burnley, because they just do. Um, but there just seems to be no goals, and we shouldn't be saying that against about Man City. You you talk about Man City, and people bring up Ruben Diaz. Like, there's a reason why in the recent times. The most talked about outside of KDB, the most talked about City players have been Laporte and Diaz because the attacking players haven't done it. Sterling had a very barren, barren spell last season. Obviously, the season previous, they were all excellent. But last year, where they weren't great, and this year, where they've started off quite poorly, it's I think it's mainly down to the attack. Like, where are they? They're eighth. Let's have a look. Uh, you look at the form goals. of the likes yeah. of um Bernardo Silva. Yeah, he hasn't. I mean, he's he hasn't a completely different player this season. Mm. No one's no one's stepped up to taking the the David Silva mantle. Nobody's taken up to Yaya Silva. Yaya Silva, that would be hell of a player. Yaya oh, Toure. Deidre may. Yaya Toure obviously it's kind of hard to replace, but De Bruyne can not No one stepped up to take David Silva's role at all. They all most people probably would have thought it was Foden, but He's not really improved. Bernardo Silva, they had the same bloody name. It was written in the stars. I, his best season was with when when KDB was injured. I, maybe they can't play it together or something. It, it's just very strange. and Maybe they need to change formation and put Gundogan with Rodri or something like that in midfield, which I, I, I seem to have seen more of recently. Um, maybe get more attacking talent in the team, but 
if Aguero's back, maybe not every league game because it's busy and he's only just come back. But ideally, what do you want? Aguero, Sterling, De Bruyne, pick one. Ferran Torres seems to be the best form out of the others. So that doesn't strike fear into a neutral fan like it used to when it was. It was always Sane, Aguero, Sterling. I hated playing that team. I just hated it. Sane was the most fearful player in the league. And now I just don't feel it. And I think other team, I think the teams themselves aren't feeling it. Like, there is no... De Bruyne aside, I don't think there's magic. I know Sterling is a magnificent player. But I just don't think he has that explosiveness that puts the fear of God into people. Like, he'll score goals. But I think... There's no fear factor there anymore. And I think Man City need to address that. I think they became too nice and too easy to play against. And they'll probably win 12-0 now that I've said this. But, <laughs> it, I, yeah, it, it it's just a weird one. It's a very weird one with Man City. And um, Newcastle's problems are just horrendous, let's be honest. Uh, all the coronavirus crack. Um, I think they've named... Sam Maximin and, and Lascelles are the long-term ones who are feeling the effects of it hugely. There's some of them still out with it, but Lascelles and Maximin, I think, wasn't it since the international break they've had it? Yeah. It's, it's a long time. So, I mean, it speaks volumes how the virus affects people. Because these, these are literally robotic people who train for a living. And it's affecting them for pretty much months at this rate. So... I have to say Man City win. I have to say Man City win comfortably. I mean, Newcastle just lost to a championship team last night. I didn't watch it. I'm not sure, I'm not even sure what the result was. Uh, I knew, I know Brentford won. I'm not sure what the exact result was, I should say. Um, what do I say? Wilson and Jolinton seem to be building a nice relationship. So, I'll say 4-1 to City. 4-1 to Man City. Look, um... From my end, I think Newcastle, the, just the amount of people that aren't available for this game, obviously you mentioned the key ones in LaSalle's and St. Maximo. Um, I think those are really key injuries. And they're going to the Etihad. That that for me, I mean, Etihad I still see as one of those grounds that it's you, if you get a result there, you, you, you get to keep... You get to keep all the balls that were at the stadium, like if you had scored a hat trick or something, because it's really difficult to get a result there. I'm going to go with a 3 0 City when I don't see Newcastle scoring. Speaking of scoring, Guy, you scored big last time we played Banker or Bernard. You beat Dave Hendrick. This time around, on this iteration, obviously last time around, Jake had the highest score of 17 out of 23. That was in episode two. This edition, Jody has the record at 15 out of 25. That was on episode 13. Last week, Dave had 13 out of 25, which I think was a similar score to what he had last time around. I'm going to give you 30 seconds to cut a promo on Dave and how you think this week's going to go for you. I don't need 30 seconds to do uh, because the record speaks for itself. I am better at Dave at predictions. He knows it. The people know it, and the score's about to know it when I burn through this. <laughs> well, here we go. Um, 
So for this, I'm going to ask Guy a series of five questions on the five games that we have just discussed. Obviously, if he thinks something's going to happen, he's going to scream, bank it. If he thinks something is not going to happen, he's going to scream, burn it. And the five questions are over five corners, over two yellow cards, over five shots on target, a headed goal, and knee slide goal celebration. Guy, are you ready? As always. Guy, your first fixture is Leicester City versus Man United. Your 15 seconds starts now. Over five corners. Bank it. Over two yellow cards. Bank it. Over five shots on target. Bank it. A headed goal. Burn it. Knee slide goal celebration. Bank that man. Bank that man. Jamie Vardy. Oh, you think he's going to play? I am. Interesting shot. Jamie Vardy with the knee slide. Look, he does like a knee slide. The weather, I'm looking at the weather this weekend. It looks like exactly. it could be quite interesting for it's knee a, slide it's a prediction. Science to do. It's a science. <laughs> so he says the next one is Aston Villa versus Crystal Palace. You said it was a 1 1 surprise, surprise. You picked a draw, whatever. Who cares? Um, your, your 15 seconds starts now. Over five corners. Bank it. Over two yellow cards. Bank it. Over five shots on target. Burn it. A headed goal. Bank it. Knee slide goal celebration. Burn it. Ooh. Okay. Okay. That's a dangerous one. I've seen Grealish slide every now and then. But okay. We'll see how you get on with that one. Your next fixture is Fulham versus Southampton. Your time starts now. Over five corners. Burn it. Over two yellow cards. Bank it. Over five shots on target. Bank it. A headed goal. Bank it. A knee slide goal celebration. Burn it. Burn, baby, burn. Interesting, interesting. Okay, we go to the game, arguably game of the weekend. Arsenal versus Chelsea. Your time starts now, over five corners. Bank it. Over two yellow cards. Bank it. Over five shots on target. Bank it. A headed goal. Bank it. Knee slide goal celebration. Full house, baby. Bank it. Woo! Full house of banks it for the Arsenal versus Chelsea game. That's definitely one I'm going to be glued to. Should be interesting. Then we end with Man City versus Newcastle. You've said there's going to be bags of goals in this one. Um, so that probably probably gives away answer for at least three of the questions. We'll see. Let's yes. see how he gets on. Uh, your 15 seconds starts now. Over five corners. Bank it. Over two yellow cards. Bank it. Over five shots on target. Bank it. A headed goal. Burn it. Nice like goal celebration. Burn it. Wow. I'm I'm stunned. I'm stunned to silence. How are you predicting so many goals without any near slide or a header goal? Because they don't want to get the shot socks down. Oh, okay. Okay. If you say so. If you say so. Yeah. We'll move on to Sheffield United versus Everton. 
looking at the form of Everton, three wins on the bounce. This game is coming at a perfect time for them, you'd think, with their title charge back on track after the start they had this season against a Sheffield United side that finally got a point, guy. They got a draw. And they had 10 men. How do you see this game going? Everton should win. But Everton should win a lot of games. <laughs> like, when I was talking to Dave on when he predicts the fixtures about Sheffield against, I think it was United, uh, against Manchester United, I should say, um, I was like, Man United should win that game 99 times out of 100. But United in recent times have become a meme of a club. So would that not be the perfect game for Sheffield United to win? Now I'm kind of thinking, are Everton that club? We, we've seen them in the past, even in recent years. But they have seemingly improved. And Richarlison has just been KO'd in the League Cup game I am watching in the background, which may impact my prediction. Um, oh. Which is not good. So depending on Richarlison's fitness, because we saw when he was suspended, um, they were not the same team, and that's when they went poor. So I'm going to give you two predictions, because I'm watching this live. If Richarlison's fit, I'll say Everton win. And I will say 3-1. But if he's out, I will say 1-1. Wow. He's that much of a difference maker for I, you. I just think he is. I think they're already missing Hammers, um, Alan, etc. So the midfield especially is looking kind of make, makeshift. And getting rid of Richardson, who I think Richardson's their most important player. I think DCL rightfully has got all the headlines. But without Richarlison, I just don't think the team works. I think then you're kind of replacing him with, I don't know, Bernard, Torsen. It it just doesn't. I just don't think it works. I don't think they have another winger. Like they've already put a Warby in there, who's probably the backup for both of them. So I like put it this way: what a Warby, DCL, and Richarlison. I mean, that's a good front three. But if I then said to you a Warby, DCL. Bernard, I, I don't think any team should be scared of that front three. So I think that's how important he is. He, he, he sat up so, and he stood up now, so he looks like he's okay. But, well, the football's not exactly careful with concussions anyway, so he'll probably play the rest of this game. Um, but that's another story. But I just, I just, if he's fine, I think Everton should win it comfortably. Um, so 3 1 if he's fine. Uh, one all, if not. I'm pretty convinced Richarlison is fine and he's going to play. You just wanted to sneak a draw in there. I see what you did. But no. anyway, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I see what you're trying to do here in this podcast. But anyway, I'm I'm going to predict an Everton win. I think very good for Sheffield United getting the point as well with 10 men. But this game is coming up against a team that's really got their stuff back in order and I think it's going to be a 2-0 Everton win in this one. The game that follows this one, wow, it's Leeds looking to bounce back after a very disappointing 6-2 loss to Man United who, as we said, have been looking impressive so far, especially this this month, um, against a Burnley side who are looking like they're starting to get back to the Burnley we know. Yeah, I think as soon, as soon as they've got the the people back from injuries, they finally got some midfielders fit. They got um, this this is weeks ago now. They finally got Bedmi and Tarkowski back together, and um, 
he seems to get injured every time I watch him, so maybe I'll just stop watching Burnley games. But Robbie Brady, having someone actually play the right wing spot that isn't a left back in Eric Peters, it it obviously improves them. So depending on who's fit for Burnley, I kind of make them favourites in this game because Leeds can't defend, and Leeds have no centre backs fit. Like Liam Cooper's been the ever present, I think. He went off the last game, if I remember correctly. The two new lads are, are doubtful. Um, I think Robin Cox properly out. Um, so if they're playing Ailing and that sh- strike, how do you say his name? If if they're playing them two, Chris Wood, Jay Rodriguez, Ashley Barnes, whatever you think about Burnley, they've got a front line to be feared, especially if you have two makeshift centre backs. So I I, I think. I think this could be a tough game for Leeds. I'm going to make Burnley the favourite. I'm going to put. I'm going to predict Burnley to win. I think we've seen in the past Burnley have really poor starts to the season, but as soon as they get on a roll, they'll have a really good patch. Then they'll have a dip again, and then they'll probably finish strong. That's just the way Burnley is because they're a team that just doesn't have a load of quality. But Dwight Mc, Dwight McNeil's not really been this good this season, so if he can improve. Add that to the free front for the the front players I mentioned. The midfield seems settled. The centre backs are really good. Nick Pope's starting to play well again. I I think this is a game where Burnley should be targeting to win, especially with the injuries I mentioned. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say two. They keep they keep giving away the odd goal. I'm going to say another two one win for Burnley. Two one win for Burnley. Now before this podcast started. Hmm. I had predicted that this was going to be a 1-1, but, and I'm not even going to say that D word <laughs> that is forbidden from this podcast for the rest of this podcast, but now I'm changing it because, no, it's not happening. Sorry, guy. I, I, I refuse I refuse to say it. it oh, it just, nope, it's, it, it can't come out. So I'm going to go with a Leeds win. I'm going to mirror you, and we'll go head-to-head in this one. I'm going to say a 2-1 Leeds win for this one. I just think that Leeds need a reaction. I know there's no really playing at home and that fact, but I think there's a lot of pride at stake here. They're going to want to really get back on form. A team that has shown a lot of pride this season, obviously came unstuck last week with their loss, but it's West Ham. They entertain Brighton. It's West Ham have looked okay this season. Like I'm, I'm, I'm more impressed with them than many of the other teams this season. How do you think they take on a Brighton side that I'm not even going to say what's been happening on their form table because you've just ruined that word for me now. I'm allergic to it now. They love a draw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, West Ham are strange. I think West Ham were doing really well when they had a set team. Like, I know Antonio's been in and out, but they had that back three. They had Creswell playing well at centre-back. They had Masawaku providing the width. And and since they've kind of... I was going to say muddled about, but it's really out of their control because Masawaku's been injured and he's kind of the the only wing-back they have, so they can't really do it. Antonio's been in and out, as I say. So I think with them having to change the formation due to injury, it's kind of screwed them a bit. And that's why I think the, the forms kind of slipped up, where they were consistently getting good results before. I think now you've seen draws and losses slipping a bit more. So I think 
I think this is an opportunity for Brighton, but they have a lot of injuries themselves. So, uh, I say a lot. They have a very key injury in their, in their biggest threat in Terry Glampty, who's doubtful. Um, but again, no goals in that team. Danny Welbeck should not be your most threatening player. Not in 2020, not in any year, but especially not in 2020. Um, so... <laughs> I, just, I can't do don't it. Don't even think about it. <laughs> don't um, even think about it. I'm going to back my guys. I'm going to back Brighton. Going to believe in Danny Welbeck. I'm going to go 3 2 Brighton. Three, wow. Yeah. That's a lot of goals. Let's get mad. That's a lot of. I don't know if Brighton have that in them. They're going to use all the season's goal in this game. Interesting. They're going to buy a striker. They're going to buy a striker in January. Yeah. They have to. They have to. <laughs> really. And if my Look, West my Ham fell out on him, so, yeah. West Ham need to bounce back from that three 0 loss to Chelsea, um, and I think they're going to do it in this game. I can't. I can't. Brighton's attacking. You've mentioned the woes that they have at the moment, and. I'm, I'm going to go with another 2-1 in this game. I'm going to go 2-1 West Ham. I just mm. don't see Brighton getting that many goals in this game for all the reasons you've mentioned. Mm. But a team that had no trouble getting goals last weekend, Liverpool, they entertain West Brom. Do you think Liverpool used all their season goals in that Crystal Palace game and come unstuck against West Brom? Maybe Bobby Firmino did. <laughs> um <laughs> No, he's look, he's looked a lot better in in the last few games, especially the last couple of games. To be fair, so hopefully that continues. Um, but West Brom, I think the main question is West Brom or over Liverpool. To be honest, because I mean Jake Livermore suspended, main key midfielder. Um, defense has looked poor. Uh, I think they're. I can't remember if Townsend's a left back or a right back. I think he's left back, but he seemed to start. From a little bit when they picked up a, co- a couple results, he's out. Carl Bartley, I believe, is a starter, but I don't know. It's just it's not great for Sam Allardyce to start where you're missing some key players like Kyle Bartley, Connor Townsend, Jake mm-hmm. Livermore. I'm, I'm not sure on Sam Field, but there's people, the players there that could probably start for West Brom. Um, so for him to be without them. I think it just makes it like difficult. Obviously, the the poor result last last week, and then playing against Liverpool, he just beat your team seven nil. Mo Salah's looking like he wants to scrap with everyone. He 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 wants the Ballon d'Or. That's pretty much what he wants. Um, and on form, could, could you deny him that? Um, the bloke had played for like five seconds last week and got free goal involvement. Um, so yeah, so Liverpool are obvious favourites. It's just the big Sam thing, isn't it? He was the last person to win at Anfield with Crystal Palace back then. I think it's just too... It's too short for him to have made such an impact because I think once he settles in and wants to get the January window out the way, they can buy some centre-backs, maybe buy another striker or whatever. I, th- I, think, I think West Brom can stay up, but I just don't think the progress is going to be there till they bring in some additions in Jan. And Liverpool at Anfield, we know the record. 
like I think it's only is it only second to Chelsea under Mourinho back in the early two thousands. Mm. So yeah. And we've seen we've seen in training that Thiago's back, Shakiri's back. I can't remember I think it was Milner might have been back as well. Maybe not play, but maybe on the bench. And we saw even in midfield, we have four really good centre mids and we've seen it in recent weeks. Curtis Jones, Naby Keita, the obvious two in, in Hendo and Ginny. Um Bobby's back to playing well. Mane played well. Um albeit he got a bit angry when he got subbed off. So yeah. We seem to be coming back into form with these last two games, whereas the rest of the season we've played, we've had some players who've just always been in form, like Fabinho, Salah, Robbo. Whereas now Mane's had a good game, Bobby's playing well, the midfield's all playing well. Um Matip we've had a week break, haven't we? So Matip and Fabinho should play. I, we just see. I think we're finally settling in after the injuries kind of affected us, and if we're getting people back from injuries as well, maybe not this one, but further on, I think Liverpool should go from strength to strength. But I fear that I may have jinxed us now. <laughs> but that won't affect my prediction. I'm going to have to go. How confident do I go here? I like West Brom, so I'll say two nil to Liverpool. 2-0 to Liverpool. Yeah. And look, for, for what it's worth, I, I do like what you mentioned about Sam Allardyce hasn't had enough time to make a huge impact for West Brom. I'll definitely be worried if, if we were facing them a couple of weeks later on. Yeah, and, exactly. and probably with the reverse fixture, maybe that's one that I'll be really worried about away from home. But for this one, I think Liverpool just carry on. They have had a whole week's rest which is quite foreign for Liverpool at, at this point in time. But I just think the players are going to be well-rested. They're going to be keen to um, capitalise on the brilliant um, campaign they've had so far, despite the injuries that they've had. Uh, and they want to go into the new year top of the league. I'm going to go with a 4-0 Liverpool win. I, I think I just see Liverpool cranking it up. I wouldn't be surprised if Thiago gets some minutes, maybe not you know, big minutes, but some minutes. But speaking of um, cranking it up, there was a team that was top of the power rankings for this podcast for the month pretty much of Novemberish time. Um, Tottenham Hotspurs, they go to Wolves. Tottenham have just won uh, this evening in the Carabao Cup, so they continue in that tournament. Do they carry that form into this one, or are you worried more about the league form that they've had over the past two fixtures i mean two losses obviously against two teams that are at the top of the premier league or you know up you know close to the top in in liverpool and leicester how do spurs tackle this game i think a lot of it depends what wolves do myself i think if wolves play the back four and start messing about with it again i I could see spurs taking them apart because i don't think any of the Wolves centre-back... I don't... Like, Cody doesn't suit a back four. I think the full-backs are more like wing-backs as well. Um, maybe not on left-back, because they're all centre-backs on that side, unless they're playing um, Ryan like, Nuri, I think that's what he says there. Uh, but he, he seems to only play when they play wing-backs anyway. So, I, I, if they play back, a back five, I, I could see it again being a frustrating game, because Spurs kill teams when the space. And we even saw it in the loss against Liverpool. Liverpool 
play with a high line because we do it helps with the press etc and, and you saw their opportunities came from the counter-attack they, they don't dominate possession they don't create chances they're obviously very capable of doing that because they've got creative players they've got Harry Kane and Dombele I think Lacelso is a doubt isn't he yes he is um, so maybe that affects it but Gareth Bale may get a start eventually Son's on fire in front of goal I wouldn't say he's a creative player but if you gave him a chance he'll seemingly score I think this is a huge I think this has become a huge game for Tottenham now because two losses on the bounce um, against two teams in and around them they, they need to bounce back and like, obviously Wolves aren't in the top four race and have kind of been up and down themselves but they're still a very annoying team to play especially when they go back to that very settled team which is kind of difficult when Timonez etc is out but if they go back to the settled formation, I'd just give Fabio Silva a run in if I was Wolves because they look better with him there than, than trying to mess about with other people's um, positions. So, if Wolves play a back five, I can see there's been a frustrating game. I trust Mourinho. I mean, dropping points three games on the bounce. Actually, it'd be four games on the bounce because they dropped points to Crystal Palace, didn't they? Um... So that'd be huge, dropping that many points that quickly. They surely have to win. They can't spiral out of control, because it's a very Spurs thing to do. But, as you say, they'll beat... Was it Stoke they played in the League Cup? So maybe that's a confidence-boosting win. I think they played the strongest team in that as well, so maybe he did that deliberately. Obviously, it's a a cup. Mourinho likes to win a cup at a club, doesn't he? The League Cup's probably the best bet for any team. So... I'll say Spurs, but genuinely, and I'm not even taking the mic, this as a draw is very boring, but I could see this being a very boring game. But I'll say a tight 2, no, 1-0. 1-0 win Spurs, but a draw wouldn't surprise me. Um, 1-0 Spurs win. I'm, I'm glad that, you know, and... The fact that it came so late as the last fixture of the the weekend that we've rid, rid we've gotten rid of that draw syndrome that you tried to plague this podcast with. Um, for for me, I think that obviously Spurs. Yeah, I, I was very concerned when I saw Spurs' lineup today. Watch some of the game. I I I just don't see where the Spurs players are getting the rest. And I thought last weekend they looked quite fatigued. And then now he's playing them again in this game. That's a concern for me. But I don't think it will catch up with them this game. Maybe in the next game or the game after. But at some point, you know, uh, he needs to give these players rest. But I think mm. with the way Wolves are playing at the moment, it's very up and down. I'm not enjoying their football too much the way, you know, they, that, that with the familiarity I had with how they played last year and the previous year, I think Spurs still get the win. I'm I'm gonna go with you with that one 0 win for Spurs. I think defense they can hold it up and then get that Harry Kane goal or even a song goal with the Kane assist seems to be the popular thing. But speaking of popular things, unfortunately this popular podcast has to come to an end for this episode. Uh Guy, do you have anything you wanna plug, put over or promote before we wrap up? Yeah, uh Obviously, my stuff on AI, I think we're doing the match rating podcast a bit late, but it's a Christmas period and people finish up work for the year and stuff like that. 
So we're doing the match rating pod for the the seven nil win tomorrow. So hopefully that'll be out. Uh, and I think I'm on. I think I'm hosting Dave doing his predictions tomorrow. Um, so yeah, I'll be on two footed and my work on AI, all of it at Guy Drinkle. Um, and I think that's it. And if you're into video games, follow at One Up underscore AI. We do, we do a podcast on there as well. Um, so yeah, I mean that's all from me. And. When Guy says AI, he obviously means Anfield Index, the sister site for EPL Index. Uh, from my end, you can go ahead and check out all the content on EPL Index website. We have match previews, post-match reviews, player performances, and also all the news that you could wish for, especially during this busy Christmas period. If you want to catch up on who's injured, who's not injured, who's coming back from injury, highly recommend you just pop onto the website and see what's what. Of course, Guys mentioned the two-footer podcast with Dave Hendrick. Check that out. We've also got um, our flagship show, EPR Roundtable with Kev DeVries. He sits down with panelists and they preview and review the Premier League happenings, all you know, with especially with their respective teams, but also any main news that's happening in and around that time. Then you can also go follow this podcast at a tad predictable on twitter also follow epl index at epl index on twitter subscribe to the epl index podcast channel um with your podcast provider give us five stars write some positive comments mention the fact that guy needs to get rid of this draw syndrome i i I think i've done a good job in banishing it so far um in this podcast hopefully it's it's gone for now but um you know I've been Tadiwich and Akira. You can find me on Twitter at Tad Predicts, the lovely lady that does our intros. She's currently top of our Bank It or Burn It segment. Jody is at Spursy141. Our producer behind the glass, and he was in front of the mic today, Guy Drinkle. Thank you for coming on, Guy. Always a pleasure having you on. He's at Guy Drinkle on Twitter. And remember, Jisinga Perry, Chinoshura. Podcast Network.